Greetings, citizens, and welcome to Unknown. Jason McClellan, and I'm here in person with Maureen Ellsbury. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll be discussing the season finale of History's Project Blue Book today. But first, the reason Maureen and I are in the same room today is because we just spoke at Emerald City Comic Con here in Seattle. And Maureen, how was your first time speaking in your home of Seattle? It was great. Um, I was really not sure what the turnout would be like, and we were a panel later in the day, but we sold out and had a great crowd and glad to know that so many people in my hometown are interested in the Anomalous. Yeah, it was an awesome audience. Um, They were really engaged, I thought. Um, It's always fun when you're speaking to a a sold-out room and and standing room only, seeing people that interested in what you're talking about. And they're just like standing in the back of the room, willing to stand there for an hour while you talk about weird stuff. Yeah. And we talked about a lot of weird stuff. So we covered, you know, cryptids, we did UFOs, we did ghosts, we... The whole gambit, so. Yeah, a lot of uh, government projects and and uh, even got a little bit into conspiracy theories a bit, but mostly focused on actual confirmed government projects looking into the paranormal. Absolutely. I think, I think people really liked hearing about that. It's a fun topic. We love talking about it. I could go on all day about it. <laughs> That's right. Well, on that topic, let's get into uh, this week's Project Blue Book discussion. If you haven't seen it yet or you're not familiar with the show, Project Blue Book is a dramatic series on the History Channel. It's a fictional series, but it's based on the U.S. Air Force's real-life official study that ran from 1952 through 1969. And although the show is fictional, it draws on real Project Blue Book cases and from other elements from UFO history and UFO lore, using these for inspiration. We're talking about episode 10 today, the final episode in season one. The episode is titled The Washington Merry-Go-Round. And as we like to do before talking about the episode itself, we'll do a quick run through of the real inspiration behind the latest episode of Project Blue Book. And the inspiration used for the plot of episode 10 was... Maureen? (laughs) It was the 1952 Washington UFO flap, or sometimes known as the Washington, D.C. UFO incident. Now, this is an interesting case because we have uh, multiple witnesses, and it happened over two full weekends. So basically what happened is um, on July 12th and 19th, again in 1952, there was an air traffic controller at the Washington National Airport named Edward Nugent. He all of a sudden spotted seven objects and on his radar, and the movement was kind of erratic, and they weren't sure what it is. And he knew that compared to normal air traffic, this was something out of the ordinary. And Nugent's superior also watched the objects on his radar scope. So something was weird. They both collaborated together. They called the control tower, who also spotted the unidentified blips, um, and they also spied it, spot, uh, excuse me, spotted a bright light in the sky that was zooming off at a fast rate of speed. So other objects appeared. They went over the White House and the Capitol. And you can imagine during this time, seeing unknown objects over the Capitol tends to spread a little bit of concern uh, for anybody. But 
So this is all spotted. The U.S. Air Force sends out some F-94 Starfire jet fighters from Delaware, good old Delaware, and they arrived and the objects vanished and they couldn't find them, disappeared from the radar. And then once the jets decided to leave, they appeared back. So uh, what happened in an interesting thing, and you're going to we'll talk about this, too, that appeared in the show is uh, Captain Repelt from the Project Blue Book was in Washington, D.C. at the time. He did not see the objects, and he didn't actually find out about this. And I find this very curious. He did not find out about this until he read a newspaper headline on Monday that said saucers swarm the Capitol. And if you're running a government investigation program about UFOs and they're swarming the Capitol and you do not know and you're not informed about this, that's pretty crazy. So... Of course, he's still in Washington, D.C. He's like, I want to investigate this. Can I please have a government car? And they basically said no. They said, if you want to use your personal money, uh, go for it. But we're not giving you a car. And he was pissed off. Rightly so, I think. So he's pissed off. He goes back to his base and... um, decides, like, screw everyone. <laughs> a radar specialist also at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base then suggested that these were indeed just a phenomenon dealing with weather, inclement weather. Uh, basically, there was temperature inversion um, to blame. So people are like, all right, whatever. Then a week later, dun, 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 a pilot and flight attendant over the weekend of July 26th through the 27th Observe strange lights above the plane. Uh, radar centers at both the National Airport and Andrews Air Force Base also track these unknown objects. So basically, they, they returned and they were all over the place. They were moving in various methods, sometimes at speeds up to 7,000 miles per hour. Obviously not normal aircraft. So again, they send out these F-94 fighter jets and they chased uh, what they call, you know, bogeys below a thousand feet. And they said there was white glowing objects um, and two more jets were scrambled out and they couldn't figure out what this stuff was. So then the president's like, all right, this is two weekends. What's going on? So President Harry Truman is like, somebody please explain to me what these are. And basically Project Blue Book came out with that these were the result of temperature inversion uh, plus misidentified meteors, stars, and city lights. So clearly they kind of tossed this all out. And it blows my mind also that that this is a case that had such a national uh, recognition and it was super important over the Capitol. And then they're just like, oh yeah, just the temperature was weird. Yeah, and... You know, they showed that really well in the episode. Um, and in fact, I don't know. What do you think? I think of all of the episodes, all 10 episodes, this one probably stayed true the most and, and had more elements of the actual inspiration than other episodes. I would completely agree with you. Um, we see that the government won't let him investigate this. The president comes out and and again, they they say, yeah, this was something to do with temperature. But then they, of course, have to tie in this mystery men in black element where he's been sent. Heineck's been sent there because they are coming and he's supposed yeah. to find that out. Um, and again, we have these just weird glowing lights that fly over uh, the monument. And 
what have you. There was one thing that I kind of like, and I may be stretching this a bit, but I'm really hoping that this is why they put that in. You know how we've seen elements throughout each case that uh, ties into little bits of UFO UFO lore. Uh, And there is a scene while they're waiting for the objects to appear that a kid throws a Frisbee up in the air. And I was like, that has to be in there on purpose because that obviously UFOs have been accused of being Frisbees as well. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of the, the UFO photographs, the old UFO photographs and, I think they've done that a lot in this show, and it's fun. I mean, we, we've said that before. It's fun for, you know, UFO geeks like us, those little Easter eggs that are thrown in here and there. I think they're done intentionally for us yeah. because the people doing the show are UFO geeks. They love this stuff, and they put a lot of that little fun stuff in there. I like it. I'm sure it annoys other people, yeah, of I course, but yeah, I like I it. Know. It's fun, and I'm glad you brought that Frisbee up because I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fun. That was my, yeah, that was my favorite part of the episode. I was like, oh, Frisbee. Yeah. But I hope Frisbee that's what that. it, yeah, intentional. But yeah, there were, there were so many um, elements of this, uh, of the real inspiration in this episode. It was almost, almost all of it. I mean, they covered it well, I thought. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we didn't see that through, uh, you know, a lot of the, the season, but. Like we've said, I think they rushed a lot with this season because they had no idea what to expect from the show. They didn't know if they'd get canceled. They didn't yeah. know um, if they'd be brought back. And we now know that they will be coming back with another season. Um, what did you think of the the sort of cliffhanger ending with the, oh. yeah, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the ending. I Hope they're not going somewhere. I think they're going. But. I know. I think they're going there too. I think, and I just, I almost don't want to talk about it because, I, you know, I when that came on, all of a sudden it was like switching gears to the, and like what's going to happen next season? <laughs> We're going to start off on a really crazy note. Yeah. Well, I did see that the creators have commented on that ending scene, saying that trying to explain it a little bit and saying what it's not because it clearly they set it up and it it looks like you know they sort of activated this beacon and they're calling the extraterrestrials they said that's not what happened that it's not a beacon that was activated it's not sending a message and calling the extraterrestrials so well you, you kind of essentially said that's what it was in the show but now you're saying that's not what's happening. So who knows what they're doing? They'll probably change their minds, too. But I will say this. At AlienCon in Baltimore, they sort of – and this is before the show had even started. Um, they were – somebody asked about, you know, where they wanted to take the show or, you know, if they happened to get another season, what they would do. And I didn't like the answers I got back then because they were just, you know – going crazy uh spitballing ideas and stuff but they even brought up the topic of like time travel and stuff i was all oh no please don't do that oh yeah that's a little i mean but the thing is is we have seen in these documents recently that were released in january that some of the things the government was investigating uh but that was a part of a tip was time travel and warp drive so that was also something that was going on in the 50s as well. So that is a very good point. It's not like That's a very that good far point. off. Yeah. But I get it. I get that element set because we don't have, I mean, some people believe we do, 
we don't have definitive proof that we can actually even get close to time traveling. Um, you know, of course, there's always those people that there's the photographs so that how is that cell phone in that picture? He looks like he's talking on a phone and it was 1910, you know, right, right. but uh, we don't really have any hard proof unless somebody from the government wants to leak a file or two. Yeah, we take that. But also, I mean, the thing to keep in mind that I know it's difficult for for the show and we have to sort of suspend belief, too, but. The show is called Project Blue Book. It's supposed to be about Project Blue Book, right? And the people who were involved with Project Blue Book. So when you start bringing these other elements into it that really Project Blue Book had nothing to do with, you start stretching quite quite a bit. Um, and they they can do that, and they've had fun certainly with the episodes they've done. But if they're getting into these other alleged government programs, it seems to be deviating a bit from the core of the show. <laughs> We'll see what they do. I mean, I, I'm excited. I'll certainly watch the next season. I mean, again, it's a dramatic show. They've got to add these elements. I get it. Having some like consistent theme aside from just these guys are a military project investigating UFO cases. I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously coming up, we're going to see a lot more uh, cases and things. Is there a particular case that Project Blue Book has investigated that you would like to see them cover in the upcoming season? That's a good question. And I was thinking about that um, as the season was was, uh, progressing. And I I think my real answer is no, but I would like them to, I guess the answer is I'd like to see them better depicting a true unknown and not making it so like over the top extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a lot of what they did investigate. They've done a, a and maybe even showing a little better of, of knowns too, because even the ones they've been able to identify have been super crazy and kind of hard to believe, but they come up with the, the easy explanations. But a lot of project blue book was investigating things that, turned out to be a whole lot of nothing and just everyday things. So I like that being shown. But the true unknowns also, and I don't know how they would do that. I mean, I guess I'm asking the impossible, but I'd like to show them, show one of the true unknowns, but not have it be so like sci-fi and extraterrestrial. I mean, I don't think showing in uh, like something that they solve right away that we're positive is, you know, you're right. Every case has been like, oh, if they give an explanation, but then there's still clearly they're saying it's not, it's UFO. So yeah, I think that if they covered maybe a few cases at the beginning that had explanations and they could actually, uh, that was tangible and get those out of the way. And then they get to an anomalous unknown that that would be nice. It'd also be cool if they, you know, showed more of the scope of project blue book and, and, you know, how it was more than just two people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. There was basically a Project Blue Book person at every single Air Force base across the country. And I mean, I I think a lot of people don't realize, like, why why is it named Project Blue Book? Well, it was based off of the little notebooks that people would write the notes on and then send to the... um, to the leaders of Project Blue Book. Yeah, it was a huge program. It was a huge program. So many people involved in it, and the personnel changed over the years, too. For sure. I mean, it was a long-running program, and, uh, yeah, it was kind of a revolving door at times, too. But, yeah, it would be nice to show that. But, again, up to people to do research if they want to find out more about Project Blue Book. 
For sure. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that we get to see our, our buddy Lonnie Z in his police sighting. That would be cool. Because yeah, I think that yeah. they could do some interesting things with that, with like the egg-shaped UFO. Yeah. And, you know, because I've seen other people comment on this, too, and I don't know if it was for budget re- reasons or what else, but I would like to see a non-ball of light UFO. Exactly. Yeah, because they certainly did investigate those. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good point. But yeah, balls of lighter are much easier to do effects wise. Sure. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Well, it's been fun recapping these episodes and going through the history, cases, and lore that provide the inspiration for the plot of these 10 episodes. We know that Project Blue Book is coming back for another season. So it's a pretty good bet that we'll be doing the same thing next season. We now know that another show is coming our way this summer from history, and this one is from executive producer Tom DeLong and the team at To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science. The show is Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation, and we'll talk more about that show on our next episode. Well, citizens, as we wrap up this episode, we invite you to come join us in the Rogue Planet Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Rogue Planet and let us know what you thought of the last episode of Project Blue Book or anything else UFO related that's on your mind. And please always feel free to reach out to us if you have questions, if you want to share a UFO experience you've had or anything else. We're all over social media and we have a contact form on the website where you can always email us at contact at rogueplanet.tv. Just a quick reminder that Ryan Sprague and I will be speaking at Alien Con in Los Angeles, California, June 21st through 23rd. We'll have more details about that soon. For now, check out thealiencon.com for details. You can find more episodes of Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and yes, even YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast providers so you're notified when we publish new episodes. And we'd appreciate it if you would rate and review Unknown on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps the show get more exposure. So does sharing the show with your friends. That's the small favor we love to ask you to post these episodes all over social media and help introduce new people to Unknown. You can always find the show at RoguePlanet.tv because Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. Big thanks to our talented friend and fellow Rogue Planeteer, Caleb Hanks, for the show's intro and outro music. Check out all his work at TheClerkChronicles.com. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. I'm Jason McClellan. And I'm Maureen Ellsbury. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your opinions. And, of course, stay strange. Stay strange.